This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. I think the story that everybody is talking about today is looking at what happened in Alaska yesterday. So Princess Cruises says the Canadian that was killed in that midair collision involving two sightseeing planes is one of the two people that they're reporting still missing at this point. So the search is continuing uh, for the Canadian passenger and an Australian passenger, also one of the missing there. So this was two planes that collided while doing a sightseeing trip over a part of Ketchikan, Alaska. Uh, there was uh, one of the float planes carrying about 10 cruise ship passengers and the pilot, the other plane carrying four passengers and a pilot. Now, the U.S. Coast Guard at this point says that four bodies have been recovered, 10 survivors at least being treated for injuries, some at a hospital in Ketchikan. The New York Times also reporting that some have been sent to hospital in Seattle at this point. We wanted to get an idea of what exactly had happened here. What is the scene like? Joining us now is Jerry Kiefer, who's the incident commander for the Ketchikan Volunteer Rescue Squad. Jerry, thank you for taking the time out to talk to us. Uh, you're very welcome. Can you give us an idea of what happened yesterday? When did you first hear about this? Uh, we received a call. Uh, we monitor uh, emergency radio frequencies locally, uh, monitored uh, a marine broadcast requests from the United States Coast Guard at around a quarter to one um, uh, concerning a possible crash. And so were you called out to the scene for that? Uh, yeah, our, the member that, uh, that uh, uh, monitored that uh, transmission uh, contacted the duty officer who, um, who uh, instigated the, the search and rescue. Can you give us an idea of, of how busy is the airspace normally, Jerry? Like a, a lot of sightseeing planes usually up and about on a good day? Yeah, on a good day, there's uh, there's many flights that that, that uh, originate out of Ketchikan. It's a pretty busy hub, um, and uh, several operators are are uh, both uh, fixed wing and rotor wing operators are conducting flight seeing flights. Okay, and and what is the procedure like for them? Like, how do you know that another plane is in the vicinity? They're using uh, visual flight rules, uh, which means that the the pilot um, uh, maintains uh, visual separation between between the aircraft and uh, visual separation between him and terrain. And has there ever been like a problem or an incident before? Uh, well, you know we've uh, um, we re, you know routinely respond to to aircraft accidents. Um, um, we, to my recollection, it's been a long time since we've. We've had a, an incident uh, uh, concerning a midair. Um, it's been uh, many years since we've actually had an air crash. So, when you got to the scene, then what was going on? What was happening? Um, initially, the uh, the medical crew that was dispatched uh, arrived at the scene of the of the Beaver uh, crash, uh, landed, evaluated the scene, didn't have, uh, didn't see any patients. Uh, uh, around the aircraft, uh, so they, the medical team uh, was lifted over to the site of the auto crash, about a mile across the uh, the inlet. Uh, landed there. Um, there was uh, ten uh, ten passenger, uh, uh, nine passengers, and the pilot were were on the beach in that location. Uh, prior to our arrival, several of the passengers had been. Uh, had been rescued from the beach and and had been uh, 
taken or in the process of being taken into Ketchikan by a local uh, tour uh, vessel that was doing that was conducting a tour in the area. Um, we landed, uh, treated four patients um, on that were non-ambulatory on the scene, um, treated injuries, and uh, flew them out via Tempsco helicopter to their heli base in Ketchikan for transport to the hospital. All right, and what's going on on the scene today then? Uh, so today we have ground teams out in the area um, in the working the debris field. Uh, we have a debris field uh, left from the beaver uh, approximately 1,000 feet wide and 2,600 feet long, um, and we're searching, we're searching in and around that debris field. Now, Jerry, was this one of those instances where a lot of like local people, you just had to jump in and help out and get help from as many people as you could? Well, um, uh, Ketchikan is a very air mobile uh, community, so to speak. Um, we have uh, uh, 1.2 million tourists that come come through our community every year, and many of them take uh, flight scene flight scene excursions. So. Um, it's a. Uh, it can be considered a uh, you know an aircraft community, and and when we do have a aircraft accident, um, we we have no um, no loss of help. Uh, the community, the community, when we ask for help, they always uh, stand up um, and and provide assets for us. So the sightseeing planes. Then is there a regular tour that they do, or is it like a regular route that these planes take? Yeah, it's a regular. It's a regular route, uh, very known, uh, well-known route to to the pilots. Um, different. Um, there's different routes that they take, uh, you know, based on on weather conditions and whatnot. But uh, yes, this was a um, this was a uh, one of the the normal routes that they take. So, is the search continuing then today? And how long do you foresee that going on for? Yes, the search will. Uh, you know, we're going to. Um, we definitely, we're, we still have two missing persons, um, and we will be continuing that search until they're located. All right. Well, Jerry, thank you very much for explaining it to us today. Okay. Thank you very much for calling. I appreciate that time. That is Jerry Kiefer. He's the incident commander for the Ketchikan Volunteer Rescue Squad. Uh, one of the uh, first people, obviously, on the scene yesterday when they received reports of this mid-air collision, which he said it's been a long time since they've had a mid-air kind of collision scene to respond to. Uh, they do know that a team from the National Transportation Safety Board in the United States is expected to arrive uh, this afternoon. They're going to be examining the crash scene and what might have happened here. Uh, Some of the passengers had been on a Royal Princess cruise ship. This left actually here, Vancouver, on May 11th. It was on a one-week tour that's called the Voyage of the Glaciers. And as Jerry also mentioned, it is very common in Ketchikan to go on one of these small plane sightseeing tours up George Inlet. It's about eight nautical miles from Ketchikan. Very popular stop for cruise ships there. Uh, And so it's very common to have lots of these small planes kind of up in the sky showing people uh, the amazing sights and that they've got up there. So one of the planes had 10 passengers and a pilot. That was an excursion that was sold through the cruise line and it had been returning from a tour of Misty Fjords. I think anybody who's toured the Ketchikan area probably did something similar to this. 10 of the people on that particular plane survived. One person died in the uh, collision. Uh, The uh, other plane 
as well, where they're still trying to recover and figure out exactly what happened to the people on there. It was carrying four cruise ship passengers and a pilot. It was an independent tour. Uh, the bodies of two passengers and the pilot were recovered overnight. They're still trying to uh, recover the other bodies that they believe, one Australian and one Canadian. That information coming from Princess Cruises as well. Uh, they've got a lot of people on the scene today kind of sorting all of this out, but lots of questions as well, right? As you heard uh, Jerry explaining there, it's visual uh, to try to figure out what other planes are in the area. There's no plane system that would alert them to a uh, close collision call or anything like that.